he's already a, a France international Julian said before even playing for Arsenal just shows how good he is. Vieira can play there. I guess Odegaard can play there. There's Zinchenko like that can play there. And suddenly, all that kind of emulation are training saying, okay, we don't know who's going to play on Saturday because there's so many guys who can play so many different positions that everybody has to be on the A game as well for every training session. You'll see a season of double figures for goals for Saka. I, I think he's the first name on the team, Chief. <laughs> no, I know. I think Arsenal will finish. Will finish. Fourth. You said it very quietly. Nah, that I'm I'm that no confidence there. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that they they've managed to do that and not get cha and not have Champions League football is, it was has been quite impressive. But yeah, I've only given them a B plus for some reason, which might be a bit hard. The way Arsenal play, he's just going to completely suit them. Already, you know, I've heard stories of him within the camp. Felt like he's been there for five or ten years. Already, he hit the ground running. Now we will have to see in the Premier League. But yeah, for me, it was an absolute no-brainer. Hello, welcome back to the Edge of the Box podcast, a podcast by whoscored.com. We're carrying on with our season preview series. So far, we've done Liverpool, Spurs, Manchester City and Chelsea. And this week, it's Arsenal. And we're delighted to be joined by friend of the show, Julian Laurens. Julian, not well, kind of an Arsenal fan. Let's explain why you're here first. Why are you here, Julian? <laughs> yeah, no, I, they, they're my English clubs when, I'm, when I moved to London. As a young man, you know, uh, back in the in '04, they were it was the invincible season, so I, I was covering that, which was you know a bit special. They had all those French players that you kind of become friend with because you cover them pretty much every day. So naturally, then I've I've stayed with them, and Arsene was there obviously for a long time, and then I had more friends playing for them, like Gael Clichy and Abu Dhabi and all of that. So. Really, I love every every single English clubs, but I guess Arsenal a little bit more. Arsenal, the one with the softest spot, it sounds yeah. like. Josh, you're here as always as well. Manchester United fan, fond memories of that invincible season. I'm sure the days when Manchester United and Arsenal used to challenge for the title. Now, I guess either of you would be happy with fourth. <laughs> yeah, I would be <laughs> delighted with fourth, to be honest. Yeah, but you still can't beat those those rivalries. Nothing comes close to that. No, that no. that definitely was the best rivalry in Premier League history. All that stuff that used to go on then, that those guys were absolutely incredible. We're going to start then with the transfer window assessment. And Julian, really, really good transfer window for Arsenal. I'd say strong window so far. I think it's been very positive in how many players they've brought in to start with. Plus, I think William Saliba has to be counted as a new signing in a way because... He never played for Arsenal before since he's moved from Saint-Étienne. So those four players are high-quality, young players, hungry players as well, because they all have something to prove in a way, whether it's you move from a, a league outside of the Big Five like Fabio Vieira and come to, a, to the best league in the world in the Premier League and you want to prove yourself there. Saliba, you have to prove yourself to Mikel Arteta and to the fans. And I think if you're Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus and you've been kind of Rejected is a bit strong, maybe from Man City, but certainly you've been like allowed to leave, maybe because they thought you were not good enough for them, something like that. Uh, I think it's, it's it's a very good time now to prove Pep Guardiola and City that maybe it would have been worth for them keeping you. So I think those four, and I think there would be more, but those four certainly, I think is a very positive window for Arsenal. Yeah, Josh Arsenal. At the makings of a good team last season, they, they were very nearly there, but I always felt it fell down at the number nine point. They were kind of asking Lacazette to do things that he wasn't really comfortable with. Gabriel Jesus, that's a game changer for Arsenal. Yeah, I think Arsenal 
have done really well in that respect because obviously they don't have Champions League football to offer any any targets. So to take two players in the end from the Premier League champions is really good going. But in Gabriel Jesus, stylistically, it's just a great matchup. I think obviously Arteta's worked for him before. Um, I, I, like City fans probably aren't too bothered that Jesus left just because obviously they've got Erling Haaland now. But City are going to feel the the absence of him, especially in those big games, because he was probably the most aggressive at, at, when leading the press. Um, and I think that's kind of highlighted by the fact that only Rodri and Fernandinho committed more fouls per 90 than him in the Premier League last season. Um, but I think the problem that Arsenal had with Lacazette was that he just didn't score the goals. I think he only finished with four last season in the league, which is the same as Aubameyang, who obviously left in January. Um, and I know that people don't think that Jesus' strong point is his finishing, which I tend to agree with as well. But he is right up there in terms of like mins per goal since he joined the Premier League. He scored more frequently than players like Son Hyun Min, which is obviously very impressive. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he does now as like the main focal point, because there were times at City where he didn't actually want to be the, the main man. He preferred playing out on the wing, but obviously he's now got that number nine shirt for Arsenal. So he's going to have to, he'll be judged on goals. And it'll be interesting to see how he adapts to that with, with regular football. Man City came to Villa Park as they would have gone to every team in the Premier League last season. I was, I was at that game, Julian, and I would say he's actually a better footballer than I thought he was from watching him in that game. He actually led the line in that game, played as a number nine. He's dropping deep in his link-up play. Very, very good. I was really impressed with him, with him that day. And the way Arsenal play, he's just going to completely suit them. Yeah, I think he's the perfect fit, really. I think more than maybe like a Darwin Nunez, who I think they looked at at some point before being priced out anyway. But not just because he knows the league and he knows Arteta well, but because in the way they play, which let's be honest here, is a lot of it is inspired by Pep Guardiola and Arteta's time at City. There's a lot of patterns of play that are very similar to what Guardiola does. There's a lot of the press and the counter-press that is very similar city do as well so for that Gabriel Jesus won't be won't be lost to start with and then I think that in terms of even the leadership already you know I've heard stories of him within the camp felt like he's been there for five or ten years so I think in terms of leadership it will be there in terms of the the numbers and the goal I think he would bring a lot to the team in general with the energy like Josh said the, the press is very impressive the counter press the running um, that kind of aggression is great. Then for the numbers, you know, if you look at, okay, he's missed chances. I think, you know, there's rarely any players who don't, don't miss anything. But but he's also created the chances. The the assist per 90 is quite impressive as well. And there's seasons where he only started 20 games, for example, to the 1920 season. But in the end, he had like 14 goals and nine assists or something like that. So if you compare the, the, the stars that he had in a team like City that you know, shares a lot of the ball and and shares a lot of things, I think it's, it's, still, it's still very, very good return on what he can bring to your team. So uh, for me, it's, uh, it was a no-brainer. I can see why they insisted. I can see why very early on they went for him because they wanted him to be with the squad for this preseason tour of the US, for example, which, which he was. And we even saw him in his first game in Germany at the Adidas HQ where he did really well. Um, scored only a few seconds after coming on as a sub. So already he hit the ground running. Now we will have to see in the Premier League. But yeah, for me, it was an absolute no-brainer. For Eddie and Ketia as well, I think that it still provides him with opportunities to play because obviously I imagine Jesus has been signed primarily to play up front, but he can and probably will stay, still play on the right wing. Yeah. So in terms of Eddie and Ketia's ambitions, now that he's staying, he'll, he'll still get 
he'll still get chances to play. And obviously, he did finish the season um, as he finished last season, sorry, as their main striker. Uh, so I guess that's that's also beneficial for him as well that they've not signed a striker that will just purely play in that one position. He's put him, giving himself a number 14 shirt as well, hasn't he, and Ketia? Put himself under a bit of pressure, t- taking that shirt, a, li- a little bit of unnecessary pressure, I would say. But Gabriel Jesus as well, I think it'll actually suit him being, being the main man. I think that might bring something extra out of him, Julian. Yeah, 100%. I think so. The, I mean, just to go back on the last one, the versatility that we bring, remember when he played almost as a as a left wing back against Real Madrid in the Champions League and was outstanding under Bernabeu, he would be able to bring... He's... he's He's such a good kid. You can ask him. I think Arteta could ask him anything. Play right back. Play left back for the last ten minutes of a game. Play left wing back for the last fifteen minutes. Do this. Do that. And he will. He will happily do it. He's that kind of guy. So you don't even take a risk on how he will do in your squads and how he will respond to what you could ask. And then I think so. I don't think he's a, he's an attention seeker kind of player. Like you know, he wants all the limelights on him. But I think at City at times, it you know it can be hard when you're not really a regular starter as as much as maybe you would like to be and there's superstars around you and there's big players and all the talk is is really on you but a lot on the others this time it's all on him and i think i think to be fair i think he can cope with that kind of pressure i'm not even sure it's a pressure but that kind of expectations if you want okay we signed you for 50 million pounds let's say you're going to be the main striker now go and deliver I, I think I think he can do that, but of course, a lot of their season will depend on how much he can deliver. Because if if it's not the season that we expect from him, then obviously, as the main guy, then yeah, they might struggle. They've also gone to Manchester City for Zinchenko, Julian. Why have they signed him? What what are the reasons? Do you think? I, I was told from very early on that Zinchenko was the one that they they also really wanted. They were linked with Lisandro Martinez, and I think they were in for him. But Zinchenko, I think, was, again, a bit like Gabriel Jesus, quite important in what Arteta wants to do in the sense that he wanted a, vers- a, a versatile player who can play as a left-back, for example, when Tierney is not there or even when Tierney is there, that can bring something a little bit different. And especially if you play with inverted fullbacks, I think Zinchenko could be very important. He can play in midfield like he does with Ukraine, whether you play with a back three or back four. He can fit easily in a midfield three, a midfield two. I still think he can play as a double pivot or, or even, you know, I don't know, a bit higher up if you want him to. I think you've signed such an intelligent guy and again, such a such a good guy, very much like Gabriel Jesus, that it's a no-brainer. You don't take any risk again. And yeah, we've seen him making mistakes. I was at the West Ham game at the end of last season, for example, where he's on the two goals, he made he made mistakes. So he's not he's not perfect by far. But I, I think that you, you, you sign a very, very useful, interesting, almost perfect player for what you want to do. And then again, we would have to see how well he does and how much he delivers. But I don't think there's much risk in signing someone like him for €30 million Euro, uh, pounds. Yeah, I, I'm actually really excited by the signing because I've seen Zinchenko play for Ukraine in a midfield role quite a few times. And I've been like really shocked at how good he was in that, in that position. Um, so I'm hoping that we get to see him there a lot for Arsenal. I think it's really like a testament to how good he actually is. That he, he's made well over 100 appearances for Man City, basically playing out of position every time. Um, I think we, we're, we're fortunate enough at Who Scored that we managed to get full coverage for all of the, the 2022 World Cup qualification campaign. Uh, and he actually ranks as one of the top 10 best central midfielders. Um, and you know, obviously you've got the best midfielders in Europe, obviously, in that. 
and he was one of the top 10. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him play there regularly. I remember I spoke to a Manchester City journalist before and asked why that he was never getting in that in that position. I think he only played there once. I think that might have come last season, last season actually. Um, it just obviously came down to the fact that when, when Man City signed him, they actually had him in sort of the same bracket as Phil Foden in that sort of that same position. Uh, but obviously Phil Foden just has is more talented and they've obviously got a stacked midfield. But yeah, in Arsenal, he, he should get plenty of opportunities there. And he'll just bring like the energy, the, the technical ability, the tenacity that he'll have in that role, I think will, will t- help take Arsenal to a, to a new level. He's a, he's a very good player. You know, he's good in tight spaces. And I guess playing left-back for Manchester City isn't really like playing left-back for, for any other team. So, playing left-back left for Man City is basically like playing in midfield. So, so at Arsenal, if he's in midfield, it probably won't be much different to, to what he's been doing already. But, Julian, it's important to have those players that can play in different positions that, that are versatile. And he'll really help Arsenal with that because the squad depth perhaps was a little bit of a problem towards the back end of the season. One of the reasons they probably didn't get in the top four, but having a player like that that can fill in in multiple positions, a good player that can fill in in multiple positions, that that's useful. Every manager needs a player like that. Yeah, completely. You're right. Versatility was the key, really, for the whole transfer window because if you look at Fabio Vieira, who we, we will talk about in a bit, it's, it's very similar. It's, it's, it's very similar as well. He can play in a lot of different positions and, and be really good in a lot of different positions. And even Saliba, to a certain extent, can play right centre-back, left centre-back. He's played right-back as well for Marseille last season. So you've signed those players and you need them. You know, Again, we go back to the similarities between Arteta and Guardiola and what Arteta is doing at Arsenal. That is quite similar to certain extent and, and aspect to what Guardiola has been doing at City. He needs those players. He wants them. You need to be able to change through the game. You need to be, depending on who you play against, to bring something different to your team. So you can play Zinchenko in midfield. You can play Zinchenko at left back, which again will bring something different to uh, to Tierney at left back. You can move Vieira. You can move Jesus. You can play with Enketia. You can play Saka, Martinelli. So all of that, Smithrow. There's a lot of them, if you look at it, in that squad that can actually play different position, different formation. Uh, and that the tactic can be slightly different in the way you press or the way you sit, all of that, which again is 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 very very important. It's also good for competition, for positions and places, because if you're if you're Granit Xhaka and maybe before you were thinking, okay, the only guy really that can compete for my spot is Sambi Lokonga, for example. Now you know, okay, there's Lokonga, but there's Vieira can play there. I guess Odegaard can play there. There's Inchenko like that can play. And suddenly, all that kind of emulation are training saying, okay, we don't know who's going to play on Saturday because there's so many guys who can play in so many different positions that everybody has to be on the A game as well for every training session. So, again, it's, it's what they wanted. And, yeah, those players might not all played an amazing season for their first season at the club, for example, or we'll have to see how well they adapt and how well, again, they can deliver. Personally, what Edu and Arteta wanted in the summer was to sign those players who can play in all those different positions. Fabio Vieira, Josh, being completely honest, I don't know that much about him. I've not seen much of him at all. What are who scored saying about him? Uh, really, really good things, actually. I think, like Julian just said, he just adds to an area of the pitch where perhaps they were lacking last season. Uh, but now they just have so many options. I think he's he mainly operated in that number 10 position for Porto last season, but he can play deeper. So when you think they've now got players like Odegaard, Smithrow, Vieira, Zinchenko to an extent can play in those slightly advanced positions. And now that they have obviously European football this season, it's going to be there's going to be plenty of game time for all of them. Um, it's I guess it's hard not to to look at comparisons to Bruno Fernandes in a way. It's perhaps a bit lazy just because they're both Portuguese, but 
they both sort of are capable of the spectacular, not really big one-on-one -on -one dribblers, uh, but both love looking for like defence splitting passes. Um, Vieira actually um, registered an assist more frequently than any player in Europe's top six leagues last season, so that's including Portugal. Um, he ranked second for attempted through balls last season, even though he only started 15 league matches. So yeah, I think it's going to be, obviously I guess there'll be a bit more patience with him in how he settles in. I wouldn't imagine that he'll start the first few games anyway, but it's, he, he just adds another massive option to to Arsenal and they managed to get him in early. So at least he's had a lot of pre-season to sort of work with Arteta and get used to what, what he'll what will be demanded of him. Yeah, I like him a lot. I, I watch a lot of Portuguese football, don't ask me why, but um, between him and Vitinha at PSG, I think those two were, for their age as well, he's only 22 years old, were very, very good value for money for what you paid for and for what they can potentially offer you. I I think to make to 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 put it simply, and he's not at the level of Bernardo Silva, and he's five years younger as well. But he's he, I think he has the potential to be a bit like Bernardo Silva in the sense that he can play literally right wing, left wing, in the number ten, like Josh was explaining. He can play as an eight. He can play deeper. He can he can hold the ball. He he obviously sees the pass very well. He's got great vision. He runs forever. Uh, he's he's that small format, but very similar to Bernardo. Bernardo Silva, again, not as good. I'm not saying that he's as good as Bernardo, but five years ago, Bernardo was just winning the league with Monaco uh, and he was not the player as good as he was in France when he was 22, not the player that he is now, that he's been for the last two or three seasons with Guardiola and City. But this is, I think this is the, 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 the improvement that we can see with Vieira and, and kind of what he can gear towards, towards too, which is Bernardo right now. And I think that's that's exciting in itself. I don't know exactly where he will play, and I'm quite curious to see if him and Odegaard can play together, for example, and not and not actually use the same space and 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 play in the same way. But I think intelligent players can always play with each other. But again, he brings you versatility, as we explained before. He brings you another option. I'm I'm convinced that you can play him in certain games instead of Chaka, for example, and you can easily have a Thomas party. Chaka, um, sorry, Thomas Partey, Vieira, and Odegaard midfield three, for example, and then you add Saka, Jesus, and and Martinelli or Smith Rowe, whoever else you want on the left hand side. This is this for me. This would work. Maybe not when you need sort of Chaka physicality and maybe the experience and the vice, and so maybe not in the top top games only at the beginning. But imagine the technicality that you have in a team with with Odegaard and and Vieira as you as you two eight or two tens if you want. Plus that front three, I think this is very exciting. We'll finish this section then with the transfer grading. Josh, what has who scored giving Arsenal? I feel like I've been quite harsh actually now, but I gave them like a strong B plus. I think Arsenal made really tough decisions in January to let go a lot of big earners and players that perhaps didn't fit the principles that Arteta wanted. And I think that's really allowed them to go out this summer and just sign players that they needed to. And I think the fact that they... They've managed to do that and not get and not have Champions League football. Is, it was has been quite impressive. But yeah, I've only given them a B plus for some reason, which might be a bit harsh. Yeah, I was teetering between B plus and A minus, and I think I've gone up to an, an A minus. I, I said in, when we did the Spurs preview that Spurs have won the transfer window, having done quite a lot. Arsenal have had a really good transfer window without doing loads, but they've really addressed some key issues. So I think yeah, I'm even moving towards an A now. Because I haven't lost anyone either, which is a, always a big thing in a, in, a, in a transfer window. If you haven't lost anyone, yeah, I'm going to give Arsenal an eye. 
I've moved up two two spaces <laughs> since you spoke, Josh. I'm going to give Arsenal an A. Julian, what are you giving them? Yeah, I think an A is good. Yeah, there's not the big name signing like a, like an Ireland, for example, or you know that the, those kind of guys, or Darwin Nunez even for Liverpool. But but it's still quite impressive because they, like we said, they answered the needs of that team from what we saw last season. And again, I think those great all depends how well those players are going to do in the season. Uh, and we don't know that yet, but I think on paper it certainly looks promising. And if they add maybe one or two, I think it could get even better. We'll move on now to the concern section, and we've already discussed Saliba a little bit, Julian. I mean, why, why would I ask? Well, surely they won't sell him because again, you've got that extra depth, a player that's played in a, in, a, in a good league at a high level for a number of years now and done well. Why would Arsenal not keep him around? No, I think I think they would keep him around. Uh, I think. The I think the noise came maybe from the Marseille side and from you know from people who who I don't know did, did maybe didn't know what Saliba was about because he wants he wants he wants to Arsenal to prove himself. It's been quite a frustrating time because obviously he had the injury you know the bad injury then he came back he came to the club and there was COVID and then he obviously went on loan to Nice and to Marseille and, and did really well, but. But he signed for Arsenal when he was really young, and that this is the club he wanted to play for. So now he's in that mindset anyway that he he wants to to gain his place in that team, to play well, to show that he is at this level. He's a French international, now. so it's a it's a big season for him. He knows it. he could have gone to a lot of clubs. There were a lot of clubs asking asking for him to Arsenal, to his agent, you know, Marseille in the first place, of course. Uh, and but, but other Champions League clubs as well. But he really wanted Arsenal. He's happy to be there. I think he's done well so far. I'm I'm completely biased, of course, because he's one of mine and he's a he's a Paris-born and bred kid too. So, but but I really think he's got something that that team doesn't have in the sense that he's a mix of Gabriel and and and, and White in one player. He's 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 aggressive and trust me, he's a he's a big boy. And then think when he comes in the challenge. He can hurt you like Gabriel does, for example. But he also has technical ability that at times he plays he plays like a six or like a like an eight easily with the ball. And he's worked a lot on that with Sampaoli at Marseille last season. He's improved a lot. He was always very good with the ball, but I think he's improved even more being in a playing team like Marseille last season, where all you are, well, not all, but a lot you ask from your centre backs is to actually play like number tens and and play from the back and be able to. To you know, to use the ball really well. He was one of the best in Ligue 1 for for passes, progressive passes, progressive passes in the last third, all that kind of stuff. He's very, very good at. So I, I really hope, and I think he will get his chance, and then it'll be down to him to take it. Josh, who would he I, I come think. in for in a in a two? Do you think who who's most at risk, Ben White or Gabriel? I don't know. I guess as Julian said, he's a he's a combination of the of of the two of them. So I guess. That's a luxury in itself for Arteta in that it doesn't he doesn't necessarily have to come in just for one. He can play in Gabriel's position or he can go and play in Ben White's position. So I guess that's a good thing for for Arteta. And I think maybe the problem that Saliba has now is that he, he didn't join as an Arteta signing. It was Unai Emery when was the manager when he joined. So Arteta doesn't have any sort of loyalties, I guess, to him, which maybe that is a good thing that makes Saliba have to prove himself a bit extra in training to try and get those first team opportunities. Um, but as Julian said, like he's really progressive with the boys. He ranked uh, only two centre-backs average more dribbles per game than him in Europe's top five leagues last season. So if they're looking for someone that can can bring the ball out from the back and, and just alleviate some of the pressure on the midfielders, 
then they've got the perfect guy there to do that. And obviously he's so young. And the fact that he's already a, a France international, as Julian said, before even playing for Arsenal at the age of 21 in an era of French football where they're just, they have so many options just shows how good he is for someone so young. Is he a player, Julian, that if he's not in the team, is, is likely to kick up a bit of a stink? I, I feel like I've seen stuff before, things he might have said, said in the press. If he's not playing week in, week out, is he likely to disrupt the dressing room harmony? I don't think so. I mean, he can't speak proper English anyway to start with. So on that level, I mean, unless they were in French, that's not a bad thing. Um, I don't know. He also knows that he's coming into a team that did well last season. You know, fifth fifth was was good. That Gabriel and White have have a year together playing with Ramsdale behind them, with with Tomiyasu and Tierney, with the two fullbacks that are usually the regulars. Let's say. So, you know, he knows that. He's a very intelligent kid, but he also knows that when he went to Nice, you know, it was similar when he went to Marseille. Every time you need to earn your place in a team, whoever you are, whatever, whatever money you cost. So I think, I think, again, this is the mindset of, you know, he's not, he's not going to, he's not going to kick on because he's had, he's had discussion with Arteta. He knows exactly what to expect. And I think he knows that if he does well, he will get a chance. And if he takes that chance, he will play. They will have a lot of games every three days. It's a crazy season because of the World Cup. So everybody's going to play a lot. There might yeah. even be a starter or a starter pairing of centre-backs. It might just be one time it's Gabriel Saliba, then it's Saliba White, then it's Gabriel White. Then who knows, holding my play. Then they might play with the three at the back because they're going to play so much. Uh, I, I don't. I don't even think that he's thinking of like, okay, who's going to be the number one and then number two and then three and the four between the four of them. So he will. He will have a lot of game time. I think he will go to the World Cup because Deshaun likes him a lot and because he's he's shown that he's he's really capable and he's good enough. But again, we go back to the same point as Jesus and Zinchenko and Vieira. He will have to deliver on the pitch and show because if he's not good enough on the pitch, then obviously he's not going to play as much as if he's, he's very good. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about these concerns. Not really a concern there to have another good player to choose from, <laughs> is it? I mean, what, what concerns are there for Arsenal? Josh, the only, and this, is, this isn't even really a concern, I, I, I don't think. But my one thing with Arsenal, like an area of weakness, I would say if Xhaka's playing every single week. It sounds a bit harsh to say that, but I think he, it's time for him to be phased out a little bit. But then sometimes when he doesn't play for Arsenal, I think well, they could probably do with Xhaka there. Are they maybe a central midfielder short? Well, they've signed two players, haven't they? There's someone like Zinchenko and Vieira can play there. I think it was in last season that, um, Julian, you said that you... I can't remember what game you're at for the Arsenal game, but you were watching Xhaka and just the importance of him being there with Arteta yeah, relaying, relaying, the message, relaying the messages. Um so maybe that's an underrated part of his importance on the pitch. Maybe not him on the ball, but just his importance is knowing exactly what everyone's supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah, I personally would agree that I think they can improve in that area of the pitch and may maybe they have this some of the signings they've made. Let's move on now to the best 11 section then. Julian, then we'll come to you first. Arsenal have gone French again and named Julian Laurent as the Arsenal manager. Who are you picking in your best 11? Okay, so, you know, I've... I've... I've had a lot of friendlies to get ready for this, loads of training sessions. I've, I've got all the data and everything. So this is my team uh, for the Crystal Palace game uh, on August the 5th. I will go with Aaron Ramsdale, of course, in goal. I'll have uh, Tomiyasu right back. And um, 
I put, I put Zinchenko a left back because I'm not sure about Tierney's fitness. But let's say Tierney is fully fit. I think Tierney will start the left back. And then I've got Saliba and Gabriel, my two boys who play as uh, centre-backs. Nothing against Ben White. Ben White, I can't on you for the following game. Um, it's a 4-3-3 as well because I think Odegaard now plays really as a as an 8 and not, not so much as a 10. Well, when they press, they, they press in a 4-4-2 formation. But when they have the ball, it's very much more of a, of a 4-3-3. So... I'll have Odegaard, Party, and then Chaka to start the season. Still, I think Zinchenko and Vieira will bring a lot to the team. But to start with, I think I think you. Know. And then Bukayo Saka, Gabriel Jesus, and and Gabi Martinelli on the on the left hand side. And again, we go back to the depth in the squad because you can add a, a Smith Rowe, you can add, and then Ketia. You've got a lot of other options. Vieira can play there. Um, you still have Nicola Pepe on the on the on the on the roster on the squad, who I think can still bring you bring you something at some point through the season. I really want to believe in him. So yeah, that's the eleven. But again, I think this this season, last season, you could only see Arsenal as a as a, as an eleven, really, maybe a twelve or thirteenth. I think this time you can really look at, at a top fifteen. Really, 15 players that can make mm. that starting 11, which is really good. Here's the big one then, the who scored 11, Josh. It's Ramsdale in goal, Tommy Asser at right back. Obviously important that they keep him fit this season because he had a nightmare of injuries at the back end of last season. Uh, we've got Saliba and Gabriel at centre-back like Julian. Uh, Zinchenko as well at left-back, um, although I'm sure he'll mainly be used in central midfield. But yeah, Tini just had injury problems last season. We've got a midfield, midfield three of party at the base of Odegaard and Vieira either side of him. Uh, Vieira's rating was really strong in Portugal. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily translate to a great rating in the Premier League, but that's where we have it. And then the front three of uh, Saka, Jesus and Martinelli. Yeah, that is a, that's a hard-working front three, Julian. They're all very good technically, but they all work a, a hell of a lot as well, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. And I think, if you think about it, I think Saka will stay quite wide on the right and he'll be the, the one for the 1v1s. To take on players and then there'd be quite a lot of fluidity i would i would think for martinelli quite a lot of freedom and gabriel jesus as well to 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 move around you could expect again those two half spaces to be to, to be used a lot either by by other guards or by you know one of your one of your midfielders whoever plays there i think Vieira is very good at that for example making those runs from midfield so there's a there's a lot of good things to look forward to i think with that team and again this time unlike last season You've got more depth in your squad to change or use or when there's injuries because this is what we could have put in the concern in the concern segment is the injuries. You can't repeat a season like last season where you've got so many key players uh, injured, whether it's Party, whether it's Tierney, whether it's Tomiyasu. Even Ramsdale at some point had an injury and I think he came back too quickly because he kind of had to really. And I think he was maybe not as good towards the end of the season because he came back too quickly from injury. This season, they have to be much better in terms of dealing with injuries or just avoiding injuries. I was just thinking, I mean, based on my 11, which clearly was the best 11 of the three of us, yeah. if um, Martinelli, like you say, has that freedom on the left, Julian, defensively, if you've got Zinchenko playing left central midfield behind him, he can then cover in the areas that he's used to from his time playing in left back. So there's, a, there's just a nicer balance to the Arsenal side now. They are. And obviously the, the two fullbacks are, you know, very different profiles and I, I ask very different things. Tierney is the one, let's say Tierney plays a left back and Zinchenko as left midfielder. Tierney is the one who's going to go forward a lot. Tomiyasu will more play like a, like 
like a third center back, really, especially in possession. So that leaves all that left hand side for Martinelli, Zinchenko, and Tierney, that triangle. To, to be fluid, so Zinchenko can take the half space. You can have Martinelli moving inside to leave all that left channel to, to Tierney, which, again, I think brings you so many different options and variety in how you can attack. And then on the left, on the right-hand side, you've got Tomiyasu sitting a bit more and then Saka in the 1v1, who is one of the best in the Premier League. So that brings you, again, so much. I think it's very clever in the way they recruited and who they recruited to bring you all those different options in terms of patterns of play and your style of play. And we've got a question from Patterson Vidal, who always is ask, asking us questions, watching our videos, always on Twitter as well. So thank you for watching, Patterson. Always notice your name pop up in the, in the tweets and, and on YouTube. Thanks ever so much for watching the show. He wants to know, Julian, will a healthy party be like a new signing in midfield? Yeah, I, I think so. He missed 14 games last season. I think he started 23. Two and, yeah, and, and one as a sub, 24 appearances in the Premier League, which is which is too much because he's just too important for this team. If you look at Arsenal's best best spell, really, of the season was when he was at his best, playing in the, in the holding role, which is you know, slightly new to him because he was more of a box-to-box, let's say, when he was in Spain. But Arteta has really sort of moulded him in that role where he can be perfect, but he needs to stay fit. He really has to. And the thing is, they have faith in Lokonga to be the number two and to be the one that can come in. He's got a lot of potential. He's, he's potentially a very, very good future player in that position. But I'm not sure he's ready now if 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 they lose party early on in the season, for example. So it's, that's why he didn't sign Bisuma or didn't try to sign Bisuma because they already had Lokonga and party. And how many, how many six do you want to play in that Arteta formation? So, yeah, he's one of the big keys if they want to finish top four and if they want to do really well, of course, like others. But for him, he feels even more because the depth of squads, even if Lokonga is there, kind of stops a little bit for that position. It's really party or then you go down with Lokonga, who is really good, but really young. And we saw last season when he played, struggled with the pressure, struggled with expectations, struggled with everything happening around him. And he would become a really good player, I'm sure. But right now, he's not at that level yet, of course. So... Yeah, this is one of the, the, the big keys of the season. Next up for us is the player to watch section where we all pick a player each for Arsenal into the coming season. Josh, you've had some wild shouts so far. Mohamed Elnena, you got you going for him for this one? <laughs> I've gone for um Emil Smith Rowe this this time. I think I last that's season, quite left field as well. <laughs> I think last season he was like unbelievable from I think from October to about Christmas. I think he had eight eight goals in twelve league games and and got a full England debut as well in that spell. Uh, he was he went from and then after Christmas, he had all the injury problems and then Martinelli sort of found form, and now obviously they've Arsenal signed players that also can play in his position, and he went from being their best rated player up until Christmas to being their their second worst rated player after Christmas. Um, so and now obviously like I just said, Arsenal have gone out and signed a few more players that can sort of play in the positions that he might take up. I think it's going to be really interesting to see, as Arsenal is number 10, literally number 10 on the back of his shirt, to see how he copes with that, how he responds. Because last at the start of last season, it like everything was going right for him. And since then, it hasn't been as, as easy. So, yeah, Emil Smith-Rowe is my, my player to watch this time. I picked a defender because Josh picked a, a forward. And again, we talked a lot about him, but it has to be William Saliba because... It's. I think there's the expectation has been building so much after since since he signs and now he's, he's finally there. We'll have to see 
who plays, how he plays, with who he's playing, um, how well he does, because I really think that he's a gem of a centre-back at only 21 years old. If, if it all clicks for him, if he gets into the groove and the team is doing well, I think I think it could be a, a great season for him. So he's he's the one to watch for me. And really, right now, no one knows, like all the new signings, which way he's going to go, if he's going to go the really positive or a more difficult way. But I really believe he's got all the talent in the world to be a, a really good kind of new signing for Arsenal. I've gone for Saka because I, I think he I think he flies under the radar, to, to be perfectly honest. He scored a lot of goals last season. He's really, really consistent. He's probably the first name on the Arsenal team sheet, I would say, Saka. It's very rarely does he get rested. Saka plays pretty much every week under Arteta. And I just think the signings they've made, they'll aid him further. I think they'll free up space for him a bit more. Their movement and energy will, will benefit Saka no end as well. So I think you'll see a, a season of double figures for goals for Saka. I, I think he's the first name on the team sheet. So I've gone for Saka as my picks of three different players for us as the one to watch for Arsenal heading into the new season. We're going to finish then with the expectations for the 22-23 season for Arsenal. We've had a question from Wenger Vision. Great name. Can Arsenal get the top four? Julian, I'll come to you first. Yeah, yeah I think they can. I think, I think Liverpool and City again are above everybody else. I think Spurs... For me, certainly on paper, are the, the third best team or third best squad right now with, with Conte as manager. And then for that fourth place, he's very open between Chelsea, United and Arsenal, really. And one of those three would get it. I think Arsenal can, of course. I I think United will be really good with Ten Hag. I think Chelsea might have a few problems with Tuchel and, and there might be a bit of uncertainty there, but they will be still very good. So Arsenal have to step up and have to do well. But yeah... They came so close last season. I think they will be very close again this season. I hope for them that they can achieve it because it will be a good reward for what they're building at the moment. It's really interesting what they're building, but they need the result. And the result won't be a Premier League title. This is way too early. But I think finishing fourth or in that top four will be like a reward, will be like a Premier League title to uh, to a certain extent. So, yeah, I think I think they definitely can. They will be there or around with Chelsea and United it would be I don't think there would be much between those three no. but it would be one of those three you've got to choose one Julian you've got to choose a position <laughs> no I know I think Arsenal will finish will finish one fourth you said it very quietly no, that I mean, that no confidence there yeah, I think Arsenal will finish fourth <laughs> <laughs> I mean we, we've got no choice Josh have we because we've already picked the top four yeah. in the other previews that we've got so I guess only fifth or sixth week we can say for Arsenal so I'm going yeah, to go, I think... go, on, I'm go yeah. fifth but are you Actually, by doing this show, I don't think there'll be as big a gaps in the Premier League this year, even between like second and sixth, for example. I don't think yeah. the gap will be massive. So especially, I think, as Julian said, especially between fourth, fifth and sixth, I think it's going to be really tight. I think there's, I think you have to just edge Chelsea slightly just because they're, they've done it already back-to-back -back or for many seasons. Arsenal haven't been in the Champions League for like seven years now or something like that. Um so I think you have to give the edge to Chelsea. I think Tottenham have leapfrogged Chelsea in that regard with Conte and the players that they've signed this summer. Uh, and I think maybe I'm despised myself and have got carried away with a few pre-season results and performances, but I've got Arsenal down as sixth. But I do think it's going to be really tight between those those three teams, Chelsea, United and Arsenal. Again, I've talked, I'm talking myself in, in, into Arsenal here. I think you know, we, we still don't really know what Chelsea are going to look like as the, as the yeah. finished product at, at the end of the transfer window. I guess Arsenal... Are pretty much done and I, I like the look of their side and you think they came close to fourth last year after a horrific start 
I can't see them having a horrific start like that again. So I actually think Arsenal could could get could get in the top four. I can't really change my mind though because I've already done a show saying Chelsea are going to finish fourth. So I'm stuck with Arsenal <laughs> at fifth. But never mind. That does us then for the Arsenal preview. As I mentioned at the top end of the show, go back and look at our previews of the other teams. We've only got Manchester United left to do next week, which Josh is absolutely buzzing for. Manchester United, of course going to win the title now with all the new stuff they've got going on. Julian, it's been a pleasure to have you on as, as ever. And just to remind everyone, Arsenal are going to finish fourth. <laughs> Josh, thanks for coming on as ever as well. Always a pleasure to talk to you too. Only one thing left to say, stay safe. Stay safe.